Welcome to the OT Roundtable, episode number eight. Can anyone be a leader? The OT Roundtable is a podcast where we discuss a wide range of topics related to the field of occupational therapy. We are here to shed light on the things that are happening within our profession and bring awareness to these topics with raw and honest conversations. So let's meet the Roundtable. I'm Brock Cook from the Occupied Podcast, and joining in the conversation with me today, I've got Sarah Putt from OT for Life. How are you doing, Sarah? I am doing fantastic, Brock. Really excited about our conversation today. Awesome, awesome. And our panelist today is Dr. Arame Anverizade. Dr. Anverizade is the AOTA Vice President-Elect. She is the Director of Admissions and Associate Professor of Clinical OT at USC. She's the founding member and chair-elect of the Coalition of OT Advocates for Diversity. You may know them as COTAD. Uh, she is also the youngest woman of color to be inducted into the roster of fellows, the FAOTA, uh, she holds leadership positions in OTA, in credential review and accountability. She's a committee chair of the Representative Assembly Leadership Committee, Government's Task Force member, and OTAC. An extremely impressive uh, resume. And uh, welcome to the roundtable. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast, on this panel, and to have this discussion. Awesome, awesome. And those of you who do listen may notice that we are one member down. Michelle has been abducted by aliens, but hopefully we'll get her back before the next episode. So let's get stuck into it. Uh, Dr. Anferisadi, the first question I'm going to throw to you, when we're looking at leadership, I guess the first thing we need to work out is what is it? So in your experience, in your opinion, what is leadership? That's a good question. I think it's a it's a big question, right? It's kind of like those words like what's diversity? What's, you know, what's what's leadership? <laughs> um, those are really loaded questions. And I think that um, I really don't want to give you a context like but dictionary definition, but I want to give you my um, idea of what it is. I believe it's being in your authentic self and being aligned with your core values and inspiring others to be great, right? So um, to be a leader is to, and to, to show and demonstrate leadership is to be aligned with your core values, to be your authentic self, and to inspire others, right? So you have to have an understanding of what your, what your intention is um, for your impact. And once you can align your mind with your understanding of your message, then you're demonstrating true authentic leadership. So that's really interesting because I think a lot of people, like your description that you've just given then is very sort of introspective. And I think a lot of people, when they think about leadership, they think about having an influence over someone else in some way, whether it's good, bad or otherwise. But the, I think the the basic concept often people think about you know influencing others as opposed to aligning with you know your own core values and your own sort of self. Is that... Do you see that fitting in or are we looking, have we been looking at leadership completely wrong? No. Well, good question because I feel, yeah, (laughs) I feel that if you are able to align yourself and look at it introspectively, um, that you're connected to what your intention is, right? Everything to me has to be intentionality because then individuals will know or populations or groups or whoever you're leading 
will feel that it's organic, will feel that it's authentic, right? And I think that is when you get to really inspire and to influence is when it comes from a place of authenticity. And there's no way of being able to understand that authenticity until you can sit with yourself and say, what is my purpose here? What am I trying to influence? Um, other than that, it just becomes a whole bunch of like, oh, you're in this position of power and you have this title, but is it respected? Is it meaningful? Do you understand um, the, the influence and impact that you need to have and must have in this role, right? So that's why I want to start looking at leadership and have individuals look at leadership as what are their core? What is their core values? Why are they doing this? Because people will get offered many roles and people might just say yes because it's a position a cool title but what are you saying yes to and if you don't understand that then you're just in a role and it, it becomes meaningless when you don't know your own impact and value in that I love everything that you've just said like all those words of authenticity and inspiring and the core values and intentionality and I think two other things that kind of came to my mind when we're talking about this is really like being a leader is being able to take a stance on something, regardless if you think that others are going to think you're right or wrong. Like, you know, and this kind of is what you're saying, aligning with the core values, taking a stance on a topic, a point, anything like that. And also standing up for what you believe in too. Again, if people may or may not, if people agree or disagree with you, it's really kind of I, I like, Brock, that you brought in that kind of introspective piece because being a leader doesn't mean that you're just doing it for other people. You're really doing it for yourself. And then all of a sudden people see that and they're like, oh, that's really cool that, you know, they're able to really kind of stand up for themselves and, and take this stance, even if they're the only ones doing it at that moment or something like that. Yeah, and it kind of, it, it's something that I've long, I wouldn't say campaigned, but I've long been annoyed by is people being confused or thinking that the only way to be a leader is to be in a leadership position and to me the difference most leadership positions in most companies etc are just management positions and to me there's a very very big difference between being a leader and being you can be a terrible leader and be in a leadership position a leadership position is generally just a title um, I think we see that all the time. Right? Yeah. Everywhere we go. <laughs> yeah. It, just turn on the news and you'll see someone mm -hmm. in exactly mm -hmm. the same situation. Um, so I'm assuming that you also, or both of you also agree that there is a difference between those two. So a leadership position doesn't necessarily make you a leader, essentially. Right. Um, 100%. And I think that there's a lot of like, literature out there, the difference between a manager and a leader. And, and there's a lot of this kind of cliche, you know, kind of concepts. When we look a little bit deeper, we have to understand what is truly that difference. Hmm. And it's the thing besides managing people versus being a visionary, right? And you could be in a visionary in any role. Uh, you don't have to be the the president of something, the chair of something. You could be a visionary in any role. You just have to know, and what I believe in is the intentionality behind that. And then there's there, then there's skills that get built, right? Because when you're still building up this idea and this concept, confidence and your voice and all that comes with it, when then you're really starting to sit in your power 
of what your what your purpose and your intention is. And that is truly a leader, right? Because there's vision behind it. Um, and that's how you inspire others and influence others because they can see the vision and buy into that. I don't think anybody will buy into it unless they feel back to my point of it being authentic, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think uh, like what you said there is the, the developing of the skill set. Cause I do think there's almost, it's kind of like captain planet when our powers combine, if you're managed to get a leader yeah. into our <laughs> management position, uh, that's awesome. But the, one of the biggest things I think you just brought up there is you can do this. You can be a leader from any position. You can be a leader as a student. You don't even have to have graduated. There's plenty of people that are, doing awesome things and i see them all the time online they're promoting awesome things they're doing awesome work but they're not i i think it's not them that decides oh i'm a leader i'm gonna do that it's me going that person's a leader like i'm really like what they're doing and i really like how they're doing it or i really like their mindset around this particular thing and i think I, i remember years and years ago a friend of mine showed me a video about uh, the first follower. I don't know if you've ever seen that mm-hmm. video. And it's a dude just mm-hmm. randomly dancing. It's like a music festival and it's like voiced over. Um, but it's a dude dancing on his own. Everyone else is just sort of sitting around on a hill in the, in the, at this music festival. Um, and then the, the basic concept is once you've sort of, in, it's kind of like the sm- snowball effect. Once you get that sort of first follower, that first person that's inspired by what you're doing, so in the video, like one person gets up and dances and then all of a sudden the whole crowd just sort of, it sort of follows. Um, yeah. And that's the the demonstration of leadership per se is that, you know, that person really was believing in what they were doing and loving what they were doing and doing it with passion and doing it with purpose and inspired one person that then inspired a couple more people that then inspired you know dozens of people. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's always stuck with me as more of a, a model of leadership than uh, the general sort of corporate hierarchy that we tend to look at within the Western society. And I think that is exactly what you just brought up in that you can do that from any position. You don't have to be a team leader, a manager, a CEO, uh, whatever. You can do that from the bottom rung of whatever industry or job that you're in. You can, you can like you said, do things with purpose, do things with the, the right intent, do you think that, and this can be for either of you, because I know, Sarah, you've actually got staff. I'm curious to see your perspective on this too, because you, in your business, you've got staff that look at you in a management role, and I know that you obviously aspire to also be a leader in that position as well. Do you think that it's something that we can teach people? Or is it something that... People are, I don't know, it's only you hear people being, oh, I'm a born leader kind of thing, or they're a born leader. Because the management skills is something that was spoken about earlier, about how you're like, hey, yeah, you can teach those. You can pick those sort of skills up. But what about the leadership? Is that something that you can teach someone? Or is it just a part of their personality, maybe? Just, just to kind of make a comment about being a business owner and having an employee 
it's really, and then also kind of reflecting on this leadership piece, it's really interesting. And I think my, my first boss, so long before I even had my own company, I always look to her as the leader, as the owner, as the manager, you know, as the, 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 the top, the pinnacle of the company. And she was always just like, no, we're, we're all the same We're we're all together, regardless of where you are experience wise. Like, yes, I own the company, but like on a day to day, like working level, we all have the same title. And then of course, like for our resumes and that type of stuff. Like, yes, we did kind of have a delineation there, but I really gravitated to that mindset of like, we're all the same here. And I know for my business, I kind of operate the same way. So when I need to step into the the leader role and be that owner, yes, I, I, I stand up and I own that, no pun intended, right? But really like when I'm talking to my employee, it's very much a we're on the same page here. And if she needs help and mentorship, yeah, I'm there to, I'm there to guide and I'm there to help lead. But I never really think of myself like above her or better than her or anything, just because I am that, that I happen to like totally doesn't even answer your question. But when you said that, like, that's kind of what came to mind. And that's really how I kind of try to conduct my, my company and, really how I kind of run my business there. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll direct the question. The, I'll, oh gosh, I pregnancy brain here. I'll tap in. I'll tap in. <laughs> Go in. My transitions are awful. <laughs> I'm right here with you. I'll tap in. <laughs> Ooh, um, sorry, Brock. <laughs> Brock. We got this right. Um, you know, there there are a few things that you talked about and that I think are important concepts. You know, one is, can anybody be a leader? And it doesn't have to be the high title. And another one really is, are you born a leader or can you learn to be a leader? Um, and so I'm gonna, I, I wanna kind of talk about both of those concepts. Uh, I think one of the things about being a leader and you talked about a little bit about it too, Sarah, is this being able to speak up or was it Brock speak up a little bit and, you know, own, you know, take ownership and things. And that's a key piece of being a leader is this, this fearless mentality, right? And, you know, there's this thing called life. Some people are meant to be leaders and some people are meant to be followers. It's not a one is better than the other. Like, it's not like the introvert is better than the extrovert, right? The book Quiet talks about the power and the leadership in somebody who might be an introvert, who might be quiet, right? So there's beautiful characteristics in in people and their their leadership abilities, right? I think a common thread is wherever you are in your leadership journey or wherever you are in your leadership title, that this idea of being fearless should be kind of in the forefront, right? So, and then hold down what you are leading, you know, um, if, if, you are, if you are standing in, in your truth and standing in something that you believe in, then you got to lead that, you know, you got to lead that. And you got to lead that as a student, you got to lead that as a practitioner, you got to lead that as, a, as an academician, you got to lead that. And so a, a community member, um, whatever role you are in that you identify as, you in, lead in your household, um, fearlessly and sit in that power. And I, when I grad, I remember when I first started, you know, um, practicing and a lot of people were come, having me come in to speak in their classes about like this transition from being a student to a leader 
right? And I created this cycle. And I said, and I said the same thing. I said, you don't have to be the president. And I use it as, as an example because it was common. The president of AOTA to be considered a leader. Mm. You could be a leader here. You could be a leader here. You could be a leader here. And I think that they understood the concept that wherever your journey is, that you can assume leadership. I mean, I... Um, I believe in develop, I've developed holistic admissions, right, at USC. And that was challenging to do because we're shifting the culture of what you look at and when you're becoming a gatekeeper and when you're looking at admissions, right? But you have to hold that down if you wholeheartedly believe in the ultimate mission, ultimate goal regarding, and then that comes with pushback, that comes with having to get buy-in. And are you down for that, you know, and those are the different skill set that you have to learn when you are trying to develop and build on your leadership skills. So yes, you have it, but you know, how much resilience do you have to deal with the pushback? How much um, ability do you have to inspire when you're dealing with the pushback? How much um, faith do you have in yourself to continue pushing on when you deal with the pushback, you know what I mean? So those are leadership traits that can be that can grow, that you can develop, but you gotta have some of it in you. You gotta have some of it in you or else <laughs> gonna be, you know, gonna be understand what your role is. Everyone has to understand their role in this game, right? It's interesting because uh, I see a lot of correlations between what you've just described and uh, sort of some of the conceptual theories around motivation um and the main thing that i was taking from that or and i'll, I'll again throw it to both of you because i'm curious if you think this might be something um is that so with when we're looking at motivation motivation isn't a a quantitative thing it's not like you have you know i have six motivation and i need eight to get this task done kind of thing it doesn't work like that everyone is motivated but you need to find what they're motivated for you need to mm -hmm. find out what really ticks their boxes what their passions are what they're driven to do and you'll see their motivation when you tap into that mm -hmm. i'm wondering whether or not you think um, leadership might be a very similar thing because one of the things that just struck me when you were describing uh leadership just then was that leadership might not necessarily be like a universal thing. Like you're not just a sort of a, a leader at everything. You might be leader a leader at uh, certain things that you're really passionate about and that, that really sort of, you know, get your motor running kind of thing. But others you're like, oh, I don't have much interest in that and I don't have a lot of passion or drive to sort of push uh, in that direction. But this way, God, don't even get me started kind of thing. Um do you feel like it's like that or is it like once you've tapped into that leadership skill that you should be able to just apply it wherever you need it? Sarah's That's got deep question. in thought on that one. It's <laughs> a good it's question. A good question. <laughs> Sarah, you want to go first or you, I don't know how we round table in this. <laughs> no, go, you got something, go for it. <laughs> Is there, so, is there something in your career that you're like, yeah, I got no interest in driving that? Or do you see your leadership skills as sort of universal and just they tap into everything that you, you do? Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that goes back to also, are you born a leader or yeah. are you, you know, 
do you develop? Some people just have this natural inclination to just be in spaces to lead. And again, I think you had said, like, you might not even realize that you're considered a leader, but others may mm. see you as a leader. So you may just be in this space, but then you come in and it's mag- you bring you bring the energy. It's magnetic, right? Because of your ability to connect. And so you may be looked at as a leader in every space that you're in. Um, there are some things where I'm just like, okay, well, I'm, that's not my that's not my that's not my area but I always I also don't limit myself right I think that's how it pushes me to um to uh think outside the box to push myself even higher in my leadership for example I don't know if anybody ever graduates and say you know what I'm going to graduate and my my thing is I'm going to be the director of admissions <laughs> like I didn't graduate 14 years ago and said that is my ultimate goal but you know when opportunities are presented and this is what I tell students always, and this is why I truly believe that you don't have to be the president at the top to be considered a leader. When opportunities come, I say yes. I said yes. And it challenged me and it pushed me and it and it allowed me to build that leadership muscle, right? That fearless muscle to say, okay, I'm going to take on this task. You know, when I went, and I, and I was not really want to talk about um, my personal stories, but I think it helps with answering the question. Yeah, 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 because like, for example, when I was fresh out, right, I, I just, you know, I was practicing, I was working in the, for the county, and somebody tapped me in my shoulder and said, do you want to be in the newsletter co-editor of our state association? I was like, I've never been a newsletter co-editor, what does that mean? But I said, yes. And I said yes to the opportunity, and it led me to become a communications chair for my state association, OTAC, for years. And then it put me on multiple committees and then um, got involved in AOTA because I was saying yes, right? And so I think there's a there's a there's something when you talk about motivation and leadership that if you say yes to opportunity, you're continuing to expose yourself and you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to grow in that leadership skill, that fearlessness, right? So yeah, you can be comfortable and say, you know, this ain't my this isn't my lane and um, I'm cool with it and I'm gonna lead in this lane. Or you could be like, I'm a leader and I'm going to challenge uh, myself to continue to build that muscle in whatever lane I'm in. But I think as a leader, you can always also recognize other leaders in your space Mm. and give space for that and not have to dominate. I don't think every leader has to dominate. I think there's beauty in active listening. I think there's beauty in collaboration. I think there's beauty in this round table with three leaders right now having perspective. And I think if you know your role in that, yes, you can still be a leader, but you can you can um, tailor it according to the space that you're in. I think for me kind of personally and reflecting, and I, I love what you just said, because this is totally where I was just gonna go with it. I like going back to young Sarah in OT school and, you know, new grad, I never considered myself a leader. Like, I don't think, I I honestly don't even know where that like shift actually happened. But I do remember I was at OTAC at the Occupational Therapy Association of California conference a couple of years ago. California. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to a some sort of I don't even know if it was like leadership in the title, but it was a presentation and it was really to just kind of like rally the troops and get you excited about conference. And I remember walking in and the presenter, the very first thing that she said was, raise your hand if you think you're a leader. And We looked around the room and there was probably maybe 40 people in the room. I think about three hands went up 
And I think all of those were director of rehabs. They were in some sort of managerial position, something like that. And then the presenter went on. It was this amazing, absolutely amazing presentation. And the whole concept was leading from where you are. And it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. If you're a student, if you're a pre-OT student, if you're a new grad, if you're an experienced practitioner, we can all be leaders. And at the end of that presentation, they asked the question again. Now who considers? <laughs> and I think almost everybody did. I think there were a couple that were still hesitant that were like, yeah, I'm still not a leader, but way more than the three that, that were originally there. And I think from that kind of moment on, it really kind of shifted my mindset and how I think about leadership and kind of going back to that question of like, do we lead in every kind of situation that we're placed in? I think for me, there are definitely ones that I'm like, yeah, like I, I'm taking the lead or I'm, I'm co-leading with other people within this role. But then I also allow pockets to allow other people to lead or to see if other people kind of want to like grow into that role as well. Cause I know like, yeah, I'll jump in and I'll take over, but I don't need to and see if somebody else wants to kind of take over that leadership role within the task or whatever it is that we're actually having to do. And mm -hmm. I think we kind of always have that leadership mentality, but it's really figuring out what we want to like sink our teeth into, invest our time and energy into, and then also allowing other people to kind of have that space to grow into their own leadership roles mm. as well. Yeah, I, I definitely, I was sort of thinking about what you said about when you sort of realized that you might be a leader. And I think I can almost pinpoint when that happened for me. And I think it was so straight out of high school, um, I was planning to go to the Air Force. Um, and I remember filling out the forms and there's all like psych examinations, all that sort of stuff. And one of the questions was you had to write um, an example where you demonstrated leadership. And I remember talking to, I think it was my dad at the time, and going like, dude, I've never done anything like this. And him pointing out all the time, like, a, you know, captain sports teams and all that sort of stuff and you know I used to do scouts and all, like heaps of things when I was a kid and just him going this 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 and I'm like oh oh okay so that's kind of like that's what leadership is is you know being able to support others or even push people up from even if you're in a position of well, theoretical position underneath them uh being able to push them up is still a, a leadership position but I do wonder whether it's something that a lot of people just even if they are in a position where they are being a leader, whether they just don't see it or they've just never considered it. And I guess a follow-up, uh, what do they need to? Or is it is the fact that they're doing it anyway uh, good enough? Do they need to identify themselves as, oh, I'm a leader? Or, yeah, is the, the behavior good enough? Um any thoughts? You know, I think in the beginning, when you asked me what's the definition of leadership, I was very intentional about using the word inspire versus mm -hmm. influence at first, right? Because I do think that um, inspiring others, however the way you do it, you know, you could call yourself a leader, you can't, you don't, they could assume that you're a leader. Um, but I think there's something really important to inspire others to reach their 
their greatest potential. You know, it's so OT, right? It's such an OT thing yep. to, you know, to, but I do believe that everyone needs to manifest their, their greatness. That's what I call their, I call it something that I'm developing is their dopeness. And I think everybody I like it. has I love dopeness, that. right? <laughs> Thank you. Um, my thing, right? It's, um, I, I want to be called Dr. Dope soon at some point. Yes. <laughs> I'm launching it here. I'm launching it here on the podcast. You heard it here but first, people. You yep. heard it here first. You see, you all have an exclusive. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has dopeness. And I think that oftentimes people don't realize it. And they, may, they don't know how to tap into it. Or they don't know how to manifest it. And there's others, individuals who have maybe in a different phase in understanding their dopeness and can help inspire others to find, to tap into theirs. And I really believe when everybody is in this kind of like really kind of synergistic, like kind of space of just being aligned in their dopeness, this world will be fantastic. Do you know the kind of impact that we will have if all of us are aligned in that? But the thing is, we have to inspire others who might not hear or feel their voice, right? Again, you all, we all talked about when we discovered our leadership, others may not have discovered it yet, or people think that, oh, you have to have some kind of talent, right, to be a leader or whatnot. Um, and it's hard. It's hard in a society right now, especially where social media is such an influence and you see certain things and you're like, this is this is what influence means. This is what an influencer looks like. And I think we've gotten so lost in that and understanding what our core power is. Of what do we bring to the table and how does this um, how does this um lived experience or whatever experience I share hold power and hold value. And I think once we can inspire others to know that they have power and value, then I think we were doing our job also as leaders to lift others up, to, to, to create an empower space, um, to not feel like there's these power imbalances, right? But to bring everyone along. And that's the type of leadership I believe in. Um, I don't necessarily have to say, I'm a leader. I'm, I'm, this is my, these are my titles. This is what I, these are the positions I hold. But if I can bring you along the ride mm. and bust open these doors, <laughs> you know, and so you could run through them, then I've done my job, right? If me being AOTA vice president and starting in July can show representation <laughs> and, and, and inspire someone to be like, oh, I too can envision myself to be in this role, then you know what? Damn it, I done did something. And I don't have to brag or boast or say I did because I'm a leader. No, my objective is to inspire you to be great. And so whatever you want to call it is that's the goal for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's leading through authenticity and understanding what your core values is and why you're doing what you do, you know? Yeah, I I think so much of what you've just said right there really takes me back because I'm, I'm a field work educator. So I take a lot of students and I don't consider myself to be special in any way, but I can resonate with where the students are at that moment, going through the OT program, going through their field work. And so often I, I hear the phrase, oh, well, I can't do that because I'm just a student. Right. I can't do that because I'm just a student. I hate, like, I'm always like, get, yep. get rid of no, the just. I don't want that anymore. <laughs> Take it out of yeah. your vocabulary. Yeah, the, it, it has no place. And I think for me, I can sit there and be like, 
I was in your shoes. I've been there. I've done that. I struggled. I struggled hardcore in school, but I'm here where I am now. I can look at you and be like, you're amazing already. And I know in a year, in five years, in 10 years, there's going to be amazing things that come from, come to our profession because of what you are going to do. And a lot of the times the students are just like, yeah, like you're crazy, Sarah, like that. No, like that's not going to happen. And I'm like, I already see it. And so I love the fact that you brought up like really that, that inspiring and that connecting piece and sharing with people through our own experiences and, and our own challenges and how we've gotten to where we are and being like, you can do this too. You might not exactly. believe it right now, but you can. I think there's power in that. People sometimes need to just hear it, you know? Um, people need to hear. And the way our society is set up, of course the student's going to think I'm just a student, but no, gone are the days. And so I think also oftentimes our profession, people in our profession, like you said, only three people raised their hand in there originally, like do not see themselves as leaders. Um, and that's problematic. And I think if we have conversations like this and if we change and shift the culture of understanding what a leader is, then that narrative of I'm just a student or I'm just um, practicing for one year or I'm just, those are all barriers and deficit-based conversation, but we internalize it and we, we feel into it and we believe it, you know, and that's where you go back, Brock, you know, can you build your leadership? But it takes, it takes internalized work too, to take those negative talk out and say, no, I'm not just a student. And this is what I try to do in the COTAD chapters too. Like, no, you are empowering, you're mobilizing, you're organizing, you are accomplishing strategic plans and missions of your university. You're not just a student, you're changing the, the, um, uh, the culture of what type of student that, and, and practitioner you wanna become, right? So take that out of your vocabulary. And I think that helps people really truly feel like, oh, well, um, I do have impact in any role that I'm in. Something that came up before, and I can't remember who said it was they, they mentioned about social media and influencers and that kind of stuff, which is, for those who are aware, is uh, a, a touchy topic for myself. I have had uh, words <laughs> words about it a few times. I um, know it's touchy, but let's talk about no, it. No, I, oh, I'm more know. than I'm always open to talk <laughs> about it. for influencers, right? So. But I... I I'm actually, I'm going to throw this one to Sarah because I know that you are like on terms of the podcast world anyway, like you're, like you're the social media queen. Uh, we were speaking about this before the podcast, like you are, but you do it really well, which is something that I very much appreciate. We we live in a culture now where people are taking their inspiration, their motivation from very different sources to, you know, 10, 15 years ago, where back then it was always very much about what someone had done or what someone was doing or the passion exuded uh, on a certain topic, etc. that people would generally find like that's the inspiration, that's that's the leader, that's the person I'm looking up to. Whereas nowadays we seem to have forgotten about the what people are doing and it's all about what people are saying which yeah. is where this sort of modern uh social media influencer it's it's a new thing it hasn't really existed up until recent years um i i'm curious to see and i don't want to go on like bash those people too much but i'm curious to see if you think 
from your perspective, with your knowledge about utilizing social media to mobilize people and that kind of stuff, do you think it's possible to be a really good leader, but also utilize those tools that people are probably at the moment not utilizing too well for leadership? I do. I think as you were talking, Brock, like the words that just kind of kept coming to my mind were vulnerability authenticity and humility like those three really just stand out for me again personally in kind of my my mission my reason of showing up on social media really kind of takes all three of those as a blend together Mm -hmm. I'm vulnerable in sharing my story sharing the challenges I've gone through sharing the Mm -hmm. wins that I've had and this kind of ties back into what I was saying with the students like a lot of what I feel like I've shared when I, when I share something super vulnerable and over the past like month or two, I've really been kind of digging in deep to like some of my fieldwork experiences, some of these things that I went through that was really hard and it resonates with people. And they're like, thank you for saying that I'm going through something similar, or I'm not going through that, but I'm going through this and they're both hard. And so that, that vulnerability piece has been huge for people to be like, thank you for saying that. Thank you for speaking up about that because I had these feelings too. And I didn't realize that I wasn't alone in that. And I think just being authentic, being, being myself, being who I am and not trying to be anybody else. Like there are so many other people on social media and amazing practitioners and all of this, and they have their own voice, but I have to recognize where my voice comes from and who I am and share my story. And then the last piece of that is that humility piece. And I think this has been something that I've really had to work on because I think when I first started, I'm like, oh, I need to know everything. And then I quickly realized that like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to know everything. I have to show up as my authentic self. And having that kind of humility piece to understand that I'm not going to know everything. And if somebody asks me something, it's okay to not know the answer. Or if somebody, if I say something and somebody kind of challenges me on it, it's okay for me to go, hey, let's have a conversation about that. Like, please share your insight so I can better learn from from that conversation and potentially tweak my understanding of what I thought I knew previously. So really those kind of three components are, I guess, kind of the backbone of where I kind of come from in that presence and not trying to be anybody else, but really just showing up as me and knowing that some people are going to be like, yeah, this girl's a little crazy. All right. Like I'm out. And others are going to be like, wow, she really struck a chord with what she said. And I'm, I'm thankful that she shared that information. It's, it's interesting. And I, I, I and I, I didn't run this by you beforehand, but I'm, I'm curious to compare because we've had a lot of discussions about the difference in how me and you use social media uh with regards to the podcast because we use it in two very different ways um you have a lot of content that is very you and it's your story your your conversations about entrepreneurship your conversations about money that's all really stuff that's passionate to you i use it especially compared to you the bare minimum i i (laughs) post about episodes and i post about things that are annoying me usually that's pretty much it (laughs) but uh, I I think the thing that bugs me, and I'm not saying that either is better. I actually really like the way you do it and I wish I could do that, but I don't feel like I could 
so what what you said, I don't feel like I could be authentic and still push for like the use case as you as you use it. I'm quite open to being vulnerable. I'm quite open to sharing my story, etc. Um, but I need to do it in a way that is authentic to me. So I think that yes, we're both doing that aspect of it, but we're doing it in very different ways. I can't remember where I was going with this, but <laughs> I, I think the difference being, or not the difference, like the similarity between both of us is that we're showing up and trying to be authentically ourselves. And I think the difference I see between that and like, I don't, I wouldn't say that I, I definitely, a hundred percent wouldn't class myself as any kind of social media influencer. My content may influence some people, but again, even then, I'm like, that's not me. That's whoever I've got on the show. Like, that's people are listening to them. They're not coming to listen to me. So even then, I'm sort of try to distance myself from that. But I see a lot of people that are, you know, trying to beat the algorithm and doing things just for likes. Whereas my perspective has always been, here's me. And here's what I made kind of thing. And whoever resonates with that will be attracted to it. And essentially, I'll attract my people. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dopeness. <laughs> I have. I was thinking about this yeah. while I was formulating that. I'm going to make that stick because I like that. Um, Thank you. I've been I was, practicing with it too. Yeah. The vulnerability piece. Yeah, that's it's it. It's the vulnerability piece. I was thinking about this while I was formulating that sort of response. In my perspective, where I'm essentially attracting though, like the people that you know resonate with my stuff will I'd be attracted to my stuff. From a leadership perspective, if I'm trying to change uh, minds, change perspectives, open minds, whatever it is that I'm trying to do within a space, am I being? Uh, close-minded by only reach like only essentially reaching the people that are sort of either already agree with me or already uh you know resonate or think the way i think should i be trying to do things to reach a different audience even though it might not necessarily be authentically me but i might be able to have a bigger leadership influence whatever you want to call it to a different audience who doesn't already resonate or think like me it's kind of like to me i'm thinking about it now and it's like it's kind of like a juxtaposition I'm like what do i do do i stay my authentic self or do i try and do something different to reach an audience that i might be able to then have a bigger influence over people who are not quite what are your it's a great question i love <laughs> how you <laughs> i love how you talked about like how people use social media too because yes there you're very active very engaged um, probably post daily multiple times, right? And Brock, you utilize it separately, but you all both utilize it to accomplish your mission. And initially, when you answered the question, Sarah, you said the three things like humility, vulnerability, and authenticity, right? And so Brock, to answer your question, I think that, you know, we can utilize our platforms however we want. And if you decide you want to be if we, you know, you decide you want to be more open and post more and utilize it in a different creative way than you already do. That's okay. But I would challenge that to say, as long as it's still aligned with your core values, because, you know, you can reach a, a bigger audience and a higher audience, higher audience, audience, and, you know, 
expand your influence, but we are not in the, in the, in the, in the job of selling out, which mm. I don't think any of us believe in, right? We're in the, we're in the space of providing a message that we truly the resonates with us and we have our people and uh trust me as you get even bigger right you, you people will come on who are not your people on your platform just to challenge you that's how you know you've made it <laughs> you know when the non-people find your platform like i'm just gonna come at, at occupy podcast and come at brock and you know challenge that that's when you know you you've made it made it right so you i think there's a there's something there's power and consistency and sticking with the the your the core values now if you're if you're like i'm going to try something this way to to have a bigger reach but it's still aligned with the purpose of what i'm doing then i don't see there's a problem with it but when we're just trying to chase 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 mm. then i feel like we're losing the mission you yeah. know um and so and then again there's this thing called time <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> like i, I don't told myself <laughs> like i told myself like certain tasks, I'm going to do social media like this, this, this. And I'm just like, the day is over. I'm exhausted. Um, and I haven't posted in, in a while. And I'm like, I need to be more active. And then there's just this constant pressure. Like, I need to be more active. I need to be more active. I'm not getting my message out. I'm not getting my message out. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to say, do the best I can. Look, I'm on this podcast. This will get out. I'll promote it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but um, But it's still sticking to... Um, the mission and the message. And I think that's the key. That's the key. We could change it up. We could add, we could, we could switch it up. We could do whatever we need to elevate our platform, but I, I still think that it needs to be connected um, because I don't think people will, pe I think people are over um, the fakeness and influencing. I think people are now yearning for rawness and realness. And people can see it in your platforms because it's over, social media has become oversaturated, right? I mean, everyone's doing a TikTok video. Everyone's doing this. Everyone's doing that. But I think people are trying to come back to just, let's just strip down to realness. I think once people can really get their social media in that way, then that is a powerful platform. And That's I'd even go, platform. oh yeah, I'd even go mm -hmm. so far as like, even your audience, quote unquote, your audience, the people that show up and they, they hang on every word that you have to say, like they love you, right? There are things that you can say that will challenge the way that they think, that will make them think differently and kind of push them out. Doesn't sound exactly like me at all. Like yeah, <laughs> but like you have, you have people that tune into every episode and you'll throw out an episode like the meme episode and I'm sure there were people that were like, I really like Brock. Wow, this episode really made me think differently about it. Mm -hmm. But those are those are the people that I think are going to bring value to the conversation. If people aren't invested in you, that that further outreach of people that that don't know you, that you haven't you haven't uh, gotten they're not your yet, people. Yeah, they're not your people. But the people that value you and value your words, you know, as a leader showing up in the profession, showing up on social media, showing up at work, showing up in the community. Those are the people that they're going to listen to the good that you say, but they're also going to listen to the things that push them a little bit and challenge them to think a little bit differently. So I think you just have to kind of continue showing up and people are, they're, they're going to take you, they're going to leave you. But I really think it's the it's the the people that are in your community that that's where that change is really going to come from. 
that comes with a lot of vulnerability though. You know what I mean? And some people, and I think that when you talk about leadership, I think there's, that's the stretch where you could be like, I need to build this muscle. Cause vulnerability, you know, everyone's not a Brene Brown up in here. <laughs> no, everyone, we're not. <laughs> everyone doesn't have a master um, because you know, there, there's layers to peel and you're revealing yourself. And I think, you know, social media really requires in that rawness, like you said, to be more vulnerable. And that's what people connect with and how much we're willing to be vulnerable is something that we have to sit with ourselves, you know, again, and why, why are we, cause I don't think, I think, I don't think, I think people sometimes just being vulnerable, just be vulnerable. I'm not, I'm not with that school of thought. I don't need to know all your business. I don't know. You're just trying, you're trying to find a way to connect. I think there's a way that you can be vulnerable to to reach the message that you're trying to reach, right? But just be vulnerable, just be vulnerable. It's just like it's a gimmick, um, and so in so many ways, um, when you're trying to force the connection. But I think that when you're real in that vulnerability, and you're sitting in it, and, and there's a message behind it, there's a reason behind it, then people connect with that. Like you said, Sarah, they connect with that, and you you have your people, you have your community. Yeah, and that's when social media and the platforms can be used in a in a in a as a game changer. And I really like that. And the reason I I brought up the the social media example is if you took the last what is it ten or fifteen minutes worth of conversation and took the social media out of it completely, it's still relevant because everything that we've just discussed is exactly the same as if you're you know looking at a project that you're doing in person or a team that you're working in like all of that being authentic showing up um you know attracting your people the fact that your people are gonna come to your message whatever whatever it is that you're putting out there it's it's the same skill set it's the same uh, i guess leadership value set whether it's on social media or not and i think that's where i think that's the 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 line where i see authentic like where i see people being non-authentic is the stuff that they're putting on social media isn't them like it's like a separate person online yeah. to you know conversations that i've had with them like on zoom or wherever else and i'm like but you're like a completely different person <laughs> whereas like everyone here and everyone that I, i'm assuming most people that sarah's had on her show and pretty much everyone that i've had on mine i resonate with them because the conversations i have with them like when i'm recording a podcast or you know before or even after the podcast it's very much reflective of you know what they post and their message like that they're, they're them uh, and that's what I like in a leader. I don't like, I, I, I personally don't like being called a leader. It makes me feel uncomfortable, but that's my hang up. And it's mainly because I have a thing against um, being put up on some kind of pedestal. And I often, I, I think the reason why it doesn't link well with me is Quite often it's followed by, oh, I could never do that. And I'm like, dude, you could do, like, I'm not anything special. Anything I can do, guarantee someone else could easily do. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not a rocket scientist. It's it's just something that I've found a passion. I found, you know, say for the podcast, for example, I found a passion. It's something I was really interested in. 
and I like talking to people. <laughs> so <laughs> I combined all of those and boom, podcast. Um, that's, there's nothing special about that skill set. I guarantee probably 90% of OTs have those, those values, those skill sets. They want a, a creative yeah. outlet. They have a passion about something. And if you don't like talking to people as an OT, then you might wrong be in the profession. wrong profession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You may have gone into the wrong classroom in first year. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's nothing. Uh, I think that's why I, and I, I know I shouldn't, but it, it makes me uneasy when like someone says, oh, you're a leader at this or, or whatnot. But again, that's, that's mainly, I think, due to what I perceive that means to them in that I'm doing something that yeah. is sort of super special when I don't see it as that sort of super special. Yeah, I've just learned to receive it, you know? Yeah. Thank you. You know, you know, it's my, you didn't thank you. I received that. <laughs> and, you know, because people wa are watching always, you know, and um, I've just learned to say thank you simply. Um, I appreciate it. I'm grateful that you see me in that light. Um, but I also see you in that light, you know, if I do. <laughs> if I do. <laughs> <laughs> I That's don't see important. everyone in that light. <laughs> but if I do, I will tell you. Um, and I do think everyone does have the potential um, if, if they want to, if they want to. You know, it's about taking ownership in that. Awesome. And I think it's... I don't, go ahead. I think it's where they want to as well, right? Like, exactly. do they want to take on a huge leadership role at AOTA or OTA in Australia or anything like that, right? Or do they want to take on that role in their community and just promote what occupational therapy is in their community to their clients, to their patients? Like, I really think there's so many, I, I love what you said, like there's so many layers to it and it's, it's choosing how and where you want to show up and utilize those skills. And it doesn't have to be massive it doesn't have to be huge and in the limelight and you know like just on the news every single day but it really can be in your community in your family in your circle of friends anything like that so there's there's lots of layers to leadership there is and you know some, my husband always says you barely say half the things that you do and I just don't realize because I'm on, 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 on. He's like, you never talk about, the, you may all see like these, like accolades, but like these other pieces that like you're saying, Brock, you just don't even showcase. Like I never talk about them, nor do I post them. But those are like the true like leadership gems that, you know, you may see this, these titles, but the other beneath the surface, um, are the things I don't, you, you, people won't even realize because you just do it because it's a part of you. It's a part of your heart, right? And then what I do also think um, the leader, leader is not, is someone filled with excuses. And I don't think that people realize when you are in these roles, like Sarah, Brock, doing the podcast, there's no room for excuse. You're either going to show up or you're not. And I just want to make that clear because I think a lot of people are really getting this uh, idea of creating boundaries and they're mis they're, they're getting it confused. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're creating, creating spaces and boundaries. And I think they're utilizing this broad term of boundaries by making excuses of their power of their leadership. 
um, and limiting themselves. Now, when we show up and the reason why you have these accolades and you have this attention and you're growing platform is because you're committed to this work and there's no excuses. And I think people think that this is easy, like you just show up and you're a leader, but there's work behind the scenes, you know? <laughs> and I think that's the conversation that people forget. So regardless if you're a leader in your community, if you're a leader in your school, if you're, it's not easy work. And that's the real piece that we need to talk about is how do you gather these people? It's how do you, how do you inspire all that? It, you know, after this, I have a meeting at five because I'm setting up another COTAD chapter. Like no one sees all that behind the scenes, but it's no excuses. And those are some of the characteristics that we have to also understand. Cause I think people think also generationally, they, there's a lot of stereotypes in the new generation and this and that. And at the end of the day, if you want to call yourself or not call yourself a leader, there's certain traits that it's just about getting it done and showing up and taking ownership. And um, excuses is not in that, in my way. You know, in my way, as authentic as you want to be, as vulnerable as you know, and be, it's hard work. You know, <laughs> how many times did you have to even connect with me to try to lock down even a date? You know, those things are commitment. It's hard work. It's not like, I didn't oh, give up. No, no excuses. <laughs> no excuses. <laughs> But that's leadership, you know, that's leadership in how you communicate, when you communicate, those are leadership. And people, I think that's what also needs to be discussed when we talk about leadership. Another podcast, another episode. I was going to say, <laughs> I, part two. I think we might, might even have to wrap it on that. I couldn't think of a better point to, to finish on. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. That, is there any final thoughts that anyone would like to share? Can anyone top that? I don't think it's possible, but just in case, I'll throw no it out excuses. there. No excuses. Hashtag no excuses. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag find your dopeness. <laughs> embrace. Yes. Embrace Hashtag your dopeness. Get it done. Get it done. I, think, I feel um, like we should change the name of this episode to can anyone be a dope leader? Yes. Being a dope leader. I'm telling you. Um, it's a thing. It's I like being it. You. Yeah, it's being you. It's being, un it's being unapologetic. It's being authentic. It's being real. It's showing up, like you said, Brock, the way you would show up in any kind of space. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I want to end by saying I'm very grateful for this space and to have the conversation with the both of you. And thank you for the invitation. I want to do this again. <laughs> Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Game. I can't, I have to say this, Michelle was gutted that, she couldn't be here because she is quite possibly your biggest fan and as soon as your name was even suggested she started squealing um, so she, she, well brock we, we, should, we should share that so michelle had probably the first original like og mm. ot podcast back in 2012 13 something yeah. around there like, when she was still before a podcasting was like a thing mm. and she she showed us the picture and she had a, like a list of people that she wanted to get on her show and guess whose name was on it <laughs> not me and brock oh, <laughs> no I, hey, excuse me i was on it oh well i wasn't all right fine brock was on it <laughs> that's how i met her yeah yep so yeah. she's been a big uh, fan for a long time so we definitely have to do another one and we definitely have to make sure that she's available for that one. Listen, I literally just got goosebumps. Like, again, you just don't know. And I, I that's the time I need to sit and just say, I receive it. Thank you. 
thank you for sharing that. And thank you, Michelle. Well, <laughs> because if no one tells you these things, yeah, you yeah. don't know. Yeah. So you've been a leader in her eyes for a very, very long time. Damn whether near you, a decade. Whether you <laughs> thought about it or considered it or not, or I don't even know if you guys have even met in person or mm -hmm. spoken, but you've had a big influence uh, on her for, for many, many moons. So um, I know she right. was gutted that she was away and... and and uh, yeah, couldn't make couldn't uh, damn aliens. Oh, aliens. I'm honored. I'm truly honored. I'm so honored. we will Thank definitely you. do another one, and we'll definitely make sure that she's here so she can squeal in person. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I, I guess this is a great segue into the weekend. Thank you, y'all. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for for joining us on, on the roundtable and, and bringing your expertise. Um, I, I've learned a ton, and you've definitely framed a lot of things i've got a lot to think about now i've got a lot of stuff to process this is how i operate but uh yeah it's it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and like i said we will definitely do it again let's do it i have this mug like a boss yes. perfect <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know like where can people find your your social media what do you where can people track you down see you yeah. work that kind of stuff that's cool. Thanks. I am on uh, all platforms, Instagram, IG. Um, well, not all. I guess it's, IG is my main platform, Twitter and Facebook. On IG, it's Dr. Arame. People think it's Dramame, but it's Dr. Arame, D-R and my name. And in um, Facebook, it's my first and last name, and I'm really on Facebook, but you can find me on IG. And I need to start getting more active back on Twitter. Um, and then uh, maybe, Sarah, you inspired me to do a TikTok. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I am Rock. not on. I'm not on. Well, okay. I have my handle on TikTok. I have not done anything with it. But I tinker with the reels. That's like as close as I That's get. That's what to it is. The reels. TikTok. The reels. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I might do a reel. I might do a reel. Do it. Um, do it. But, yeah. <laughs> do a dope reel. Find me. And then... Um, Kotat.org obviously is the uh, national organization that I co-founded with amazing other leaders. And you can see some of the work that I do in diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, and anti-racism across the country and internationally. And Brock, I'll be speaking in Australia in June at your conference. So very excited. <laughs> awesome. I'll have to check that one out for sure. Very excited. Thank you for having me. No worries. Sarah, thanks for today. Where can people find you? You can find me at otforlife.com. That's O-T, the number four, L-Y-F-E, dot com. And yeah, wow, what a conversation. <sighs> lots to think about, lots of wheels turning here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, all I can say is like, thank you. This was, this is one way to just kick off the weekend. And you can find me at occupiedpodcast.com. Uh, all social links and everything are all there. Thank you for joining us today, and uh, we will see you in the next one. Mm -hmm.